the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. We have a very special conversation today, and I've said that before, but today it is uniquely so. Because this topic that we're about to cover with you is going to to just hit the right mark. It's information that is timely, it is relevant, and it is so accurate. I want to welcome our special guest, Pete Peterson. He is Dean and Braun Family Dean's Chair at the Pepperdine School of Public Policy. Pete, it's so wonderful to have you in our studio. Great to be with you, David. Look, this event that you've got coming up Tuesday, just a few days away, Tuesday, November 9th, 11.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., has a very compelling theme, Live Not By Lies, a powerful subject indeed, and you've got a backstory to that. Tell us who the keynote is and then how this came about, why it matters for our listeners to understand that this is something they don't want to miss. Well, David, we're so excited to bring out a nationally renowned speaker and best-selling author, Rod Dreher, uh, to our campus in Malibu to speak about his book, uh, which is also titled Live Not By Lies. And this is the Live Not By Lies conference, which will feature Rod and a number of panels throughout the afternoon, uh, which will involve activists, academics, and policymakers exploring the tensions that people of faith are feeling in the public square these days, uh, particularly around issues of free speech, uh, religious liberty, freedom of association, uh, because we are, I would say, at a, at a crucial time in our history where people of faith uh, really need to get involved in politics because we've seen what happens when uh, informed citizens do not get involved in policy decisions that are now affecting our everyday lives. Pete, thank you, first of all, for that opening overview. It is so important that you set out the framework there. And I want to thank you also at the School of Public Policy at Pepperdine, because you have created a tent here that is all embracing. And yet you say these are challenging times for people of faith. I I want to begin with a very fundamental question. How do you define a Christian today? I've heard everything from, oh, we're hardcore Christians, and then others will say, I'm Christian light. I mean, give me the spectrum. What are you talking about? Well, specifically for, I would say, the the definition that I would give may not necessarily be relevant to the event itself, right? So I would say first, as a Christian and as a believer, it is someone who has given their life to Christ, who has com- made that commitment publicly, has understood their uh, their condition as a sinner who is saved by grace, 
and has made the public commitment to say that they are going to repent of this, turn their life around, and commit their life to Christ. Now, as it relates to our condition as Americans, uh, the importance of this conference goes beyond even uh, the impact of pe- uh, for people of faith, uh, because many of the issues that we're seeing in the public square today strike very much to basic American liberties. Again, these issues around freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of association are not only relevant to people of faith, they're relevant to Americans of all kinds and from all faith backgrounds or no faith background. Um, but again, we're, we're going to be exploring here on November 9th uh, the issues that very much strike to what it means to, to be a, an American and to live in a, a free country. Well, thank you for that. By the way, for our friends who are already saying, I want to be a part of this, the event is Tuesday, November 9th. It begins at 11.30 a.m. It goes through 5 p.m. In that half day, it is jam-packed with wonderful featured speakers. And Peter, uh, Pete Peterson is going to, to go through that list in a moment. I also want to direct your attention. Take, take note of this, and I'll repeat it several times in our conversation. You can go online. Go to publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Is that correct, Pete? That's right, David. Yes. Just scroll to the bottom of that screen, and you'll find out more information about the event. There you go, publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Our guest today, Pete Peterson from the Pepperdine School of Public Policy. Okay, so you said people of faith are not the only ones impacted. One of the things that, that the book, Live Not By Lies, brings out is the importance of us being aware of what he called a totalitarian system that is soft. In other words, it doesn't come mm-hmm. at your face. It kind of eases in. Talk to me about that a little bit, please. Yeah, so why don't we just even begin with the title, Live Not by Lies, is uh, derived from the Christian apologist and um, one who grew up under uh, the Soviet dissident, Alexander Solzhenitsyn. And it was Solzhenitsyn who, in his call to his countrymen, during the era uh, that the Soviet Union existed in the system of government, understood that so much of what he was being told by the government were lies. And so one of the things that he made as a charge to his fellow citizens, particularly those of the Christian faith, is to say, let's just start by saying that we are not going to internalize the lies that are being told to us by the government. And so where Dreyer comes from this in adapting it to the American situation is to say, hey, let's just start. We are not living under a communist system of government. Um, But at the same time, culturally, there is exactly what you said, David. There is this what he calls a soft totalitarianism, which in many ways is attempting to um, guide what people say, what is permissible speech, what, what people should be canceled for. So this whole cancel culture is certainly a part of this as well. But we really need to seek the truth uh, in all things, and that's certainly uh, what Dreyer is writing about. And, and Steve, Rod also goes deeper and describes societies already today 
He, he looks back, goes through the old Soviet Union as it was known then, but he brings it right to today and he says, look at China, for instance. I was so interested in his description of how people are rated within that society. Do you recall right. him making mention of that and would you share that with us also? Yeah, so very much so. The conditions in China are just as relevant uh, today as what Solzhenitsyn experienced under Soviet communism. And in fact, it's even more so because what the Soviet communists did not have that the Chinese now have is technology and the ability to implement technology in what, uh, what Dreyer calls a surveillance state. And so this piece about um, essentially, credits, social credit mm-hmm. system that the Soviet that mm-hmm. uh, Chinese communism uses. That if you're not attending certain meetings, if you're not participating in the communist system, uh, it essentially you are awarded either demerits or positive credits that can, on an individual basis, determine where you go to college, if you go to college, what your business relationships might be, what your social circles will be. But it is very much of the communist system, the totalitarian system, that has now been enforced through new technology. Very disturbing stuff. It is very chilling indeed. And, you know, Pete, one of the things that also scares me about that is that it becomes part of a public record so people know exactly what your score is. And there's no privacy about that. So now now we in America are beginning to see social media, for instance, tracks all of our movements, all of them. They know us better than we know ourselves. And you talk about that in this conference as well. You've got some wonderful speakers. Talk to me about who's coming and what they bring to the table. Right. So Rod is going to kick things off at lunch, um, and then that is going to be followed by three panels in response. The first panel is going to be looking at this soft totalitarianism on college campuses and in uh, in our K-12 system. And so we've got great speakers from Mary Barkey, who's on the Orange County School Board, uh, to Habi Zhang, who is someone who grew up under Chinese communism and has seen some of those same tactics in American higher education. And we have Joshua Katz, who is a professor at Princeton and has withstood many attacks um, because of his positions on uh, various matters that have to do with this cancel culture. That is going to be followed by a second panel that is going to look at soft totalitarianism in government, and we're going to explore that in a a number of different ways, both at the state level here in California, but also at the national level. And then we're going to conclude with a great panel, uh, which I've described as a kind of a how now shall we live, uh, which is how should we as people of faith uh, respond and take away as we move back into a culture that is marked uh, in many ways by this soft totalitarianism. Now, why all of this information? Listeners and friends who are now tuned in to us, look, Rod sounds an alert. He gives a warning. He says, this is the clarion call, and it comes from people who have lived behind what was then referred to as the Iron Curtain. But he says, 
there are times of persecution coming for people of faith. And he also speaks about this, Pete, and I don't know if you'd like to comment on that, but he says during these times of tribulation ahead that he speaks of, he says it doesn't matter the denomination. What matters is that if you are a person of faith, you will find that you can support one another. Do you think that we in this country is polarized as we have become, that that is possible, that we can leave labels at the door when it comes to the faith community? Well, I think we certainly do hope so. You're absolutely right, David, to point out that that is Rod's major clarion call there. And I would just even broaden that, just knowing some of Rod's other work. Yes, we want to be able, as people of faith across denominations, Christian, Jews, others who value these real principles around religious liberty and freedom of expression, we want to be able to come together in this moment to defend these principles. But this is also true for those even who may not have a particular faith tradition. We've seen a number of people, even on the political left, who are not particular believers, but understand the pure, the attack on civil liberties um, that, again, are very much a part of our citizenship as Americans. And they can be seen, I think, as compatriots in this effort as well. Well, but let me ask you that, Pete, if I may, not to challenge you, but simply so that I can learn from you. When we sit down at a table to have a conversation with people who are, if you will, talking about relativism. It's like, you're okay, I'm okay, anything goes. Uh, Let's embrace everybody. But there are practices and values that maybe I don't hold or you may not. How do we bridge conversations like that? How do we approach them and yet not feel like we're we're compromising on our integrity? And I'm not talking about about label-driven conversations, but values and integrity. Talk to me about that. Actually, I would flip the table on that, David. I think this is a real evangelical moment for the Church and for Christians, right? When you have people that are not necessarily people of faith, but are understanding Mm -hmm. that this soft totalitarianism is cutting out religious liberty Mm -hmm. and freedom of expression, there's an opportunity for people of faith to say, hey, we need to hold to these principles, whether you're a person of faith or not. And I think increasingly... Um, there's an opportunity here to evangelize, to say, these are important to us as Christians living in America, and whether you happen to be a person of faith or not, I think we can all agree that freedom and liberty are principles that we need to stand for. Oh, I love that. I love that response. You know, I don't know why, but as you were speaking, I wrote one word down, love. If we approach one another with a common sense of love and mutual respect, by golly, so many things can be accomplished. Friends, we have a wonderful visitor with us today here in our studio. His name is Pete Peterson. He is dean from the Pepperdine School of Public Policy, an institution we just love because of the good work they've done for so long here in California. And you talk about that. Look, you said you're going to cover on the issue of government, California, and national issues. But you also tempted me to just want to jump in with this point about school boards. They have become such a place of volatility. Mm. What is going on with that, Pete? And how are you going to tackle it on this November 9th meeting? Well, it's so right that you put your finger on that. I would say that, um, you know, the the term that's often used in describing many of these issues is uh, woke or wokeness. Mm. And I would argue what we saw on Tuesday night, this past Tuesday, much less what we're going to see next Tuesday, 
uh, is that there's another awakening that's happening across the country. Uh, there are people that, because of what happened with COVID and the lockdown of schools, uh, if there was a silver lining to this, it is that parents are now newly aware because schools were now beamed into their living rooms and kitchen tables via uh, via the internet, that now parents have a much clearer understanding of what's going on in their schools, and they're not happy. And mm-hmm. so I think that what we're seeing at these school board meetings is not some, it's an awakening, right? It's its parents that have now been newly awakened to what's happening in their schools, and they're getting engaged, and, and an informed citizen is is a good citizen. <laughs> I think we should welcome that. Oh, I love that. Uh, Pete, uh, let me just uh, then follow up with this. When you talk about events like this, I mean, you could have played it safe. You could have gone with another, you know, still informative meeting and all that, but you're you're going right after the heart of a very timely subject. What prompted you to do this now? Well, I have to say, in part, it's because we've got some great uh, funders and supporters that are interested in this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And at the same time, as a school of public policy, we care deeply about America's founding principles. And uh, in that, we want to look at not only the founding itself, but why those principles are relevant today. And I think so many of us as Americans and as Californians are becoming newly aware to the attacks on these founding principles. And it's one thing to understand them in their historical context, but we need to know how they should be applied today. And so, uh, especially as one of the only graduate policy schools based at a Christian university, we really do want to look at these issues at the intersection of faith, politics, and public policy. Well, there are Christians who are indeed afraid or maybe reluctant to speak out on public policy or government, uh, if you will, and yet everything that happens in our lives somehow connects to government. Let me jump into that part of it. California right now is going through some tremendous uh, tremblers, I would say, of change in Sacramento, not all of them good. A socialist movement is underway, an agenda that keeps on pounding down against people of faith. How do you how do you fight back against that? Now, I know numerically uh, you're part of a minority when we talk about the faith-based community in this state, at least, or you tell me, how do we attack it? Well, we'd be having a different conversation, David, if this were last week, but now we're speaking after this past Tuesday. Yes. And in that, um, the examples that we've seen both in Virginia and New Jersey, which is where I'm from originally, has to be encouraging to those of us who think, how much longer can these uh, very kind of hyper-progressive ideological policies keep going? And... As we've now witnessed, uh, when people learn about how ideological these issues have become in our schools, in uh, various types of, uh, you know, certainly public safety issues with these defund the police movements, um, people will stand up and it won't just be people of faith. You know, it'll be people across the board that have maybe for the first time realized that if I don't get involved now, uh, you know, the, the place that I have loved, whether it's Virginia or New Jersey or California, um, that, that policy is going to be done to me and not with me. And so I, I think actually 
as many challenges as we've seen on these issues from California, obviously the recall did not go the way many people had hoped. But now in the in the wake of Virginia and New Jersey, I think we do see an opportunity for a new coalition of voters coming together across party lines, even in some instances, that are saying enough is enough. So, Pete, as we look ahead and as we round third coming home, we have about five minutes left. But I want to want to begin this 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 look ahead. And I so appreciate that what you're doing in this conversation is you're giving us tools to, one, think about it and become more aware of what's going on. Are these the moments when really we need to make us aware within our families, our communities first, so that we understand the perspective that we're going to change things here for generations going forward? How do we do that? Well, I'd start with becoming aware. I I don't use that term loosely about my perception that there is an awakening going on. And I don't mean an awakening. I mean an awakening. I understand, no. An awakening to the awakening. Maybe that's that's the way to put it. And in that, um, we are seeing that 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 first step of realizing what is happening um, is a necessary first step to uh, taking that next step, which is civic engagement. There you go. And obviously that can be done at the voting booth, but it really does start with understanding what the stakes are, understanding that there are new coalitions politically that are forming. I heartily recommend Rod's book, again, uh, Live Not By Lies, as a way of understanding what's happening. And certainly some readers may say, well, I don't think it's that bad. And that's fine. But I, I don't think you can come away from reading that book or certainly from the conference uh, that, that we're going to be hosting here next Tuesday and not understand that, you know, there are some serious issues going on in the country right now. And this is no time to be standing on the sidelines when it comes to becoming engaged politically. One of the things that also Rod draws my attention to is the notion of being a Christian citizen. And that, again, speaks to the point you just mentioned about engagement. For the listener who may be, you know, maybe in their car right now, maybe they're at home, who knows when people are listening to these programs, what can you and I, the person as an individual do, beginning with me, what can we do? Well, again, I think, I think, and we do some research on this, uh, on civic engagement okay. um, here at Pepperdine. And one of the things that when I speak on these issues, especially to Christian audiences, is uh, they're often surprised by how many people they have direct relationship with, especially through technology. So I'll, I'll ask an audience how many people they have on their email list. And invariably, it'll be over 100. Then I'll ask how many people have, say, a Twitter or social media account, maybe Facebook and or some other type of, of social media account. And invariably, it'll be another couple hundred people. You know, before technology, and even if we just looked at email, um, the chances are that we could only influence maybe a dozen or so people. I'm sure a lot of your listeners, David, would be surprised if they just took a few minutes to do a personal inventory that they're connected to hundreds of people. And what we saw in Virginia was very much of a grassroots movement where 
people told their friends. You know, Yunkin started with 2% name ID when he started the race 10 months ago, and here he is now the governor of Virginia. That kind of (laughs) change only happened with citizens talking to citizens, getting on their uh, email lists and spreading the words, showing up to events, and obviously in the end, voting. And so making sure that we're engaged with one another, starting with our communities, and and taking these issues seriously, not sitting out elections, um, because as we saw in New Jersey, you know, that was a race that in the end is only going to be determined by probably 15 or 20,000 votes out of out of several million. Uh, Every vote counts in these races, and we need to take that seriously. There is such, uh, and I wasn't laughing at you. Let me tell you, I was chuckling over exactly what you said. The candidacy of a man who comes out of nowhere and in 10 months, he ignites and inspires a movement and sets people into motion. And you talk about that, moving ourselves into action, and you've described it. So these are challenging times, but we can, in fact, confront them. Our guest is Pete Peterson. He is with the Pepperdine School of Public Policy. The event is Tuesday, November 9th. It's going to begin at 11.30 a.m. It goes on to 5 p.m. The speakers are outstanding. You can go to publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. My friend, what keeps you going? you got about 30 seconds. Well, I have to say it's conversations like this one, David, and and the moment that we're in. I mean, this is these are the things that get me up in the morning. There's a an amazing country that we get to live in, and I know through the School of Public Policy, we're preparing those leaders for it. I want to thank you again, Pete Peterson, for being with us from the Pepperdine School of Public Policy. So, friends, wherever you're located across America listening to this program, doesn't matter whether you're at Pepperdine in Malibu, California, or maybe in the Carolinas, it doesn't matter where you are. Maybe you're here in San Antonio, Texas. Wherever you are, you can connect with this event. I want you to go there to publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Live not by lies. You can hear the recording at your convenience. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.